Welcome to the Mama Bear Apologetics Podcast. A podcast where we teach you to roar like a mother. And by roar, we mean recognize the message, offer discernment, argue for a healthier approach, and reinforce these ideas with your kids. Unless you want to growl around your house. I mean, that's cool too. <laughs> You're like, check it. We keep it reels. <laughs> that's so bad. You're awesome. Mama Bear Apologetics is a listener-supported program, so if you like what we do, head on over to the Mama Bear Apologetics website and click support. It's time to rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. This might not affect your faith, but it might affect your children's. Welcome to another episode of Mama Bear Apologetics. I'm Hillary. And I'm Amy. And so today we're doing something a little bit differently for, for all of you on Patreon. We are testing out, this is not, we don't have all the bugs worked out, but we're testing doing a video version of our podcast. And so, um, yeah, so you'll get to see, you'll get to see us actually talking. It'll be like we're sitting there talking with you. So, um, but the thing that we wanted to talk about today was, I don't know if anybody here has been following Todd White. Amy, what was your background with Todd White before I talk to you about this? I was coming in like from the ground level. I had never heard of Todd White before. So I watched his sermon. I believe it was the July 25th sermon where he was basically repenting God's, to his. Yeah. God's yeah. for humanity is the title of that sermon. And we'll have a right. link to that in the notes. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. That, that was the first time you'd ever seen him. So first time I'd ever seen this guy. Yep. Uh, and I, I wouldn't say that I had followed Todd White before. I would say that I was aware of Todd White. And so um, that, okay, how, how would you summarize kind of where, you give your summary and then I'll give my summary. How would you summarize like Todd White? Oh, who Todd White um, is? Who is Todd White? Who is Todd White? Uh, so Todd White is, he's kind of in the charismatic circles. He mm -hmm. has mentorship and involvement with Bethel Church. If you happen to listen to our podcast regarding the Wake Up Olive yeah. uh, thing that went down with Bethel, he does have ties there. So that gives a little bit of the background of where he's coming at theologically. Mm -hmm. um, if you've ever heard of a gentleman by the name of Kenneth Copeland, which I had heard of, but again, I had to do some research on him. Um, I don't know if it's just, you know, being in Germany, you only have AFN. So I missed out on, you know, knowing about all of these. Uh, these folks, so I'm looking. I've been updating you on pop culture since. We oh got my gosh! <laughs> and that's like every. My husband is still in the process of updating me on pop culture because I'm just so out there. Like, if you want to know anything about Victorian appliances, I can hook you up with info. <laughs> but pop culture, I'm useless. So, for all the listeners, I would like to say she is fully updated on the whole Pitch Perfect trilogy. I made sure of that I'm up there. Rebel Wilson, <laughs> I got it. Uh, but Kenneth Copeland, if you don't know who this individual is, he's definitely into the prosperity gospel camp. He is one that, and there's a link that we'll have to include to this video to where he's basically leading his church into this chant of money cometh to me, this name it and claim it, speak it into existence. Again, this is and Kenneth Copeland, not Todd White. I not just, Todd I wanted, White. I no. just have to say. Yes, yes. That's Kenneth Copeland. But Todd White does say that Kenneth Copeland is his mentor, his sort of spiritual father, so to speak. So mm -hmm. when you you have someone who uh, he grew up um, being a drug addict and that sort of thing, had this conversion experience. Then his mentor is this individual. Okay. You know, just like with our parents, there's good and bad that gets worked <laughs> into us, you know, from our parents. And so it just gives a little insight, but you've been, you've been more, I don't want to say involved, but you've known him a little more yeah, uh, I have. about him. I would see little snips on him. So I would not say that people want 
Todd White into the prosperity gospel. And I, and I think even in, in the, the sermon that he does, he's like, how did that happen? I've never asked for money, which he doesn't. Like a lot of the other prosperity gospels, like they really focus on money. Oh, Copeland's um, big into it. He's just oh, like, hey, yeah. let, we're going to do tithe and that's going to enlarge your bank account. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh my goodness, guy. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Todd White, his main thing was more, it was kind of more along the lines of Bethel, of the healing mm. aspect. Yes. And so it's like people kind of tend to lump health and wealth together under the banner of prosperity gospel. And so mm. I think he was kind of confused about how did I get lumped into that? Um, I've been aware of Kenneth Copeland and I've been aware of, you know, like the Joel Osteens, a lot of these, the, the legit health and wealth preachers. Mm. Um, and I remember watching Todd White and just being, something seems different about him. And in fact, um, I, I couldn't remember if I had said something to my husband, but he verified this when I was talking with our roommate last night, um, that in the movie Ameri uh, golly, uh, American Gospel, where they, they're kind of going through a lot of these false teachers, the health and wealth stuff, I think I put it on, I put it on pause and I talked with John. I said, something's different about this guy. I was like, I just... I see a heart for people in him mm -hmm. that I didn't necessarily see in other people. He, he never felt like a prodigal sheep, I guess. He seemed more like a confused sheep. <laughs> um, yeah, a misled like, sheep. A misled, yeah. He, he felt more misled, misguided. I don't know if there's things that he did on purpose. I have a feeling that um, because his emphasis, again, he comes from a, a background of you know um, addiction and stuff like that. So I think that personality type has a tendency to... Um, be drawn to the supernatural aspects of Christianity. And so some of the people who are also into the supernatural aspects of Christianity kind of emphasize some of these other, um, you know, like the miracles and the, and kind of like these highs, but it's like, yeah, at the same time, I just saw, it's like his heart for people. I was like, ah, that just feels really genuine to me. And so I, I, I told John, I said, we need to watch him. I don't think God's done with him yet. It's like a lot of the other ones. I'm just like, Nope, this is someone who is out to deceive. This is a wolf. This is a, you know, their teaching is so far off that, and there's no way this is happening on accident with Todd white. I was like, something feels different. And I might eat my words later. The, the enemy might come in and, you know, change him back. But I, I, I just don't even like to say that. I don't like to speak that um, that sounds very I don't like to speak that into existence. I just don't want to speak curses like that over him. Um, right. But and, I, just, and I was going to say that, and we're not saying that everything he's saying is theologically correct because oh, yeah. there are things that we've watched on videos that we're like, okay, whoa. Um, but, <laughs> but what you're meaning, uh, if I'm getting that just right is, is that there, it, there was something else there. Like you said, God, God wasn't quite done yet. There is obviously some errors in scripture, but sometimes we're so quick to want to point out false prophets that we forget that God can actually redeem false yeah. prophets. And so exactly, exactly. I'm always trying to look to see like, do like, I know this sounds all mystical, but can I really feel the Holy spirit in this person? Do I sense the Holy spirit in this person? Um, as opposed to like, I'll just say Kenneth Copeland, I don't sense anything in him. Um, I think that, I won't go into that, but I mean, he's so, yeah, the way that he chants money and it's like crazy eyes and anyway, but um, anyway, so in, in the beginning of Todd White's sermon, which I, I posted the other day, I said like something along the lines of it's 2020. Why shouldn't Todd White have like the best sermon I've ever heard on the gospel? <laughs> like, sure. Why not? Let's throw that in with the, you know, the mortar, murder hornets and the sir, right. hair and dust clouds and, you know, COVID and like, and then Todd White had the best, you know, sermon on, 
on uh, grace and repentance and sin and gospel. Yeah. Um, it's nothing more bizarre than anything else that's happened this year. Uh, but it, what, was a, it, was, it was a really good sermon. Um, it was a it's really one, good sermon. For those uh, who may access the link and be a little caught off guard, because I think it says something like two and a half hours. Um, the first, it, there's like a, uh, the one that I followed, I'm not no, sure. there's a 48 minute version. Oh, there's a 40. Okay. So yeah. they edit out all the praise and worship. If you happen mm. to just Google search it, if you see one that says something like two hours, it's because there's an introduction and there's at least a good hour of music mm. to where if you want to get straight to the message, you know, yeah, there's one all over that timeline. Yep. 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 So um, this was, this came to a shock to the community because basically what, what he was kind of alluding to is that he's been going through a really intense time of pruning mm -hmm. and how painful it is and how the Lord has just rocked his world. And so he didn't come right out and say what some of those things are, but I know based on some of his past theology, uh, he, he, he alluded to that there was just trials and tribulations, which the title of this podcast is. Todd White and the importance of trials and tribulations, like praise right. God, this is how he got a hold of him. Uh, but one of the concerning things that Todd White has kind of taught before is this idea that um, once you become a Christian, that you can have a, that, that you can go forward with a sinless life. Um, which I don't know anyone who's had that experience. I'm just going to say mm -hmm. that's not been my experience. But I think what he might have been confusing is the difference between. Um, and I'm losing the word sin versus transgression. Right. Yeah. So sin, sin, like the little word for sin means missing the mark. That's like you tried to do the right thing and you still, you know, you still blew up at your kids. You still, you know, acted selfishly, all those mm. things. Uh, or you just went on autopilot. Uh, transgression, on the other hand, was I know this is wrong and I want it anyway. Intentional. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think that there's something to be said, not that I think that I've ever, like, I'm I can't even say I've never done something intentionally because I've still done intentional stuff. I think that maybe coming from as, as hard of a background as he had, he knows that he never beat anybody up. He never yelled at anybody, cursed anybody out again and um, did drugs again. So maybe for him, that was what a sinless life looked like. And it might be that the Lord was taking him through a time of pruning, which I find if the Lord reveals all our sin to us all at once, it would just be this crushing weight that I don't think any of us could yeah. bear. And, but the Lord is gracious to reveal our sins piecewise and step yeah. nail. So I suspect there's something that he had in his life that either he just blew it big time when he thought that that was not part of a Christian walk, or he's also had some kind of persecution that's gone on or not, not necessarily persecution, but something just rocked his world that he thought, I thought things were supposed to be easier here. And I, that's one thing, that's one theme that I noticed through uh, some of his testimony that I gave through the sermon, not having any background of him. I noticed that he seemed to lean more on the Calvinistic uh, tenet of irresistible grace, but mm. also tying that into happiness too. Uh, yes. It's, you know, we always hear of health and wealth and prosperity, but there's also health, wealth, and happiness. You know, Jesus mm. doesn't just want you healthy and wealthy. He wants you happy too. Yes. And he loved, you can see in some of his old clips, which we were watching prior to this podcast, is he has uh, a love for Jesus. Mm. And yeah. you do see that. And um, a love for people. like And a love for people. And he wants this happiness, this joy of being in communion with the Lord. And sometimes he equates that joy and communion of the Lord of, oh, as long as you're close enough to Jesus, like temptation isn't going to be a problem for you. Yeah. You're just going to be completely outside of temptation's reach. And that's, that's just not realistic. Yeah. Um, and I can, uh, when we were talking, we could see some issues with folks who are like, okay, you know, if I buy into this method, um, 
as long as I love Jesus enough, I won't be outside of temptation. Then when they struggle with temptation, it's either going to be, why am I not good enough? You know, and kind of get into this legalistic trap. Mm -hmm. Um, Or am I even saved? Like, or am I even saved? I'm being taught that I don't struggle with this as a Christian. It's like, I'm sorry, sweetie, you got sold a wrong bill of goods there. Right. It's that false gospel. That's just, it's just a little bit tweaked, you know, that can really mess. Yeah. So close. And so, yeah, this, this heartfelt appeal. And you see that when he's on stage, it's like, there's Mm -hmm. times where he gets so choked up over the fact that he feels very responsible. He gets verklempt very many times. And for people who have a hard time with super emotional people, you just need to, you just need to, this is just how he is. Like, I really think this guy is all heart. He is just a big ball of emotion. That's who he was before he was saved. And that's what he brought into his salvation. So, um, there's some people who are trying to emotionally manipulate. I get the feeling that that's just who he is. Like on Myers-Briggs, if you were to test him, he would be all F, um, which is the feeler versus the thinker. <laughs> right. Yeah. So for the thinkers in the audience, which are, yeah, it, it's kind of something that you, you know, it's just, this is how people react to the gospel. Yeah. There's some that jump and leap and there's some that are going to weep. And there were parts of it when he was sort of contemplating what, um, the gospel that he was preaching and realizing that that wasn't the full gospel and the implication that that has led yeah. people astray and actually caused people to fall away. Because again, when you buy into a false gospel, it's not going to give what it promises. And when yes. that happens, people fall away, but yes. they don't realize they're not falling away from God. They're realizing they're falling away from a false God. They just can't tell the difference. Exactly. And so you could feel the remorse. Yes. Um, and see the remorse on him that he's like, oh my gosh, you know, I've, I've led people astray. And, and so him publicly repenting like that was, uh, I, I really appreciated because we're, our culture today is not one that uh, is in for admitting that you're wrong, let alone on a very public platform. And yeah. so I appreciated his humility. And there's a lot of people who have seen this kind of, I haven't, I haven't looked into it. I know like um, some of the ones like, well, I won't say who, cause I don't want to be too divisive. There's other preachers that have been kind of along the same lines it's him kind of the ones that I kind of have a little less faith in who have gone through these, you know, kind of shed some crocodile tears of, Oh, I can't believe I've been teaching this. And then they go right back to teaching the same thing. Right. Um, and everybody was like, Oh yay, they finally heard the true gospel and never mind. Um, and so that what we're having, so I think the next point is, um, kind of how should we be reacting to this? Because I think people right. reacting in two kind of diametrically opposed ways. They're even either jumping up and down saying, finally, and then they're mm-hmm. going to have these expectations of him. Like he's going to understand all the stuff that he was wrong in. Um, and that's just not a realistic expectation. Uh, usually what happens whenever we learn something is we have what we used to know, and then we have this new information and they kind of do this for a while as we're trying to figure mm-hmm. out how it, how, you know, comes in together because even some of the stuff that I watched before he had this big realization that wow sin is offending a holy God um because he used to preach basically oh God just loves you uh, and, and the, right. which is true God loves you and he never he, it was kind of this God loves you um as you are and is fine with you staying as you are and like you can't right. do anything um basically it's this idea of of, of a salvation without repentance is what yeah. he was preaching um, because he really wanted to get across that love. Again, this guy's a big bundle of, of just feely emotions and God bless him. I love people like that. You know, um, I, I, I don't personally understand it, but I, I have an appreciation. Um, so he was preaching the love, but he was not 
preaching the repentance. And in this sermon, he's like, do you realize we've offended a holy God? Like I've offended God. Yes. And it, it was like this mind blown thing. And I love how he's like, I'm, I'm reading this guy called Spurgeon. Has anyone here heard of Spurgeon? <laughs> and, and we're all like, he was so excited to hear Spurgeon, by the way. He was like, have yes. you? I, I loved it. I was like, oh, and George Whitfield, like he's, he can, he can even be one of those uh, hellfire and brimstone. I think I haven't read enough of Whitfield, but he was talking about how these are the old school preachers, but they're right. still preaching grace. And so I think his uh, perception is that if you preach this kind of sin and you need to recognize your sin, then you're not pe- preaching grace. And suddenly right. is this light bulb moment of, oh, grace doesn't make sense unless I realize what a big fat sinner I am. Yes. It's that reconciliation between the two. And he's like, oh, this, I'm missing so much. And just throughout his entire sermon, he kind of, it's like, he was almost like, you could, t- it was almost an insecurity. He's like, are y'all with me? Do you, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, cause I think he knew that this was such a departure from what he taught before that he, he needed like that affirmation. Are y'all following me? And, um, well, I think partly too is if, if that had been the message that he has been preaching this whole, you know, he loves mm-hmm. you so much, doesn't matter what you do type of thing. Uh-huh. He has to check in with his people because it's the first time they're hearing it too. Mm-hmm. And he's wanting to be so careful to his, you know, his feelingy side as he's wanting to convey the love of God, but he's not wanting to compromise on the fact that we have sinned and we have transgressed mm-hmm. and we need to be re- uh, made new, which may be new for a lot of the audience. Yeah. Uh, so it made sense to me why he was checking in with his folks. He's like, yeah. look, you got to track with me. Yeah, and uh, so some people are saying like, um, oh, he needs to get out of ministry until he's learned everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the right response because if, if he were just getting into ministry, then yeah, maybe hold off. The guy's already got a following. So if he finally learns the true gospel and then just disappears, like that to me is the worst thing he could do. Um, so we kind of need to have a little grace that knowing that this, this, kind of, you know, this, which finally ends in this is going to be happening with him. That's funny. I say that for the people watching the video, the butting heads and finally meshing <laughs> Yeah, she's together. doing a lot of hand movements. Well, I'm doing lots of hand movements. So this is, if we're going to be doing video, I'm going to have to be aware of stuff like this. Um, no, knowing that it's going to probably go back and forth for a little while, but man, if he was faking this conversion, that's the best fake I've ever seen. And I, I've got a I've got high hopes for him. So anyway, the other side of the, that people might do either everybody wholly embraces it and thinks that, Oh, he's just going to have perfect theology from here on out. That's not going to be the case. But then the other ones that um, have this, there there's, there's wisdom to having a wait and see attitude, but there's a wait and see attitude where someone's just sitting back with their arms crossed, waiting for you to mess up and then saying, see, I told you it wasn't real. And I think that's a bad response as well. I think the situation is, is kind of, it's kind of a tricky situation because when you look at churches that especially come from a charismatic standpoint, like the one that he's leading, if he were to completely get out of that position, that pastorship position, it's okay, well, who's going to take his place? And are they actually going to be teaching the exact same message that he realized was incorrect? Uh And if that's the case, then part of me is like, well, it would actually probably be a good thing for him to stay put and, and journey along with his congregation and say, okay, wait, let's refocus. Let's look here. Let's Mm -hmm. look at this. Um, to where now his congregation is getting the other side of the message. Again, I'm, I'm more on the side of, okay, you know, this, who is he getting taught by? Um, where is he getting his information? I mean, Spurgeon, Hey, you know, that's a, that's a good (laughs) start. You know, we're on, we're on the right track there. Um, 
but you know, I, I understand the cautiousness there. And mm-hmm. I think caution is a fair point to make. Yes. And we were discussing earlier when Saul became Paul, not all of the brothers were happy about uh-uh. this. I mean, they he had like, a terrible, I know that there, uh, he had a, a very frightening track record. They thought it was a trap. I mean, yeah. um, and so I understand that caution. I think that's necessary because I think there does have to be a bit of approving there. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, what are what are we teaching? How are we going to be on track? And there needs to be that accountability. Mm-hmm. So honestly, you know, I think it would be really great if some of these other pastors who are on the same kind of high level visibility, uh, who maybe are not from this camp and haven't been teaching these things, if they partnered mm-hmm. up with him and really mentored him, yes, you know, that would be fantastic. Because yeah. here they he'd have somebody pouring into him. Um, who maybe can provide that bit of balance there that has been lacking within the church. Mm-hmm. And in fact, some of the people were having kind of, it's like you, you were seeing a bunch of stuff going on on Twitter when this, when this uh, sermon came out and there are people going, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. And other people are going, Oh, welcome to the fold. And I thought that James White had one of the best responses. Uh, and he, he was kind of, um, he was kind of responding to someone who had that kind of cynical. Um, yeah attitude about it. And he said, you know what, when was the last time you cried over the impact of the gospel? And it's like, cause you know, this guy is a big ball of feelings. Like when was the last time you cried over just conviction and Mm -hmm. gospel and realizing how much you, you, you've blown it. When was the last time? I mean, that, that reaping, reaping, that weeping and rending of garments Mm -hmm. uh, is a biblical thing. And it's like, you could kind of see that this was, you know, part of a long process for him that he'd been going through all that. Uh, but he, he did let it out kind of some on stage. And while some, some might be turned off, I think just giving him grace for saying, Hey, that's his personality. That's not him putting on a show. That's legitimately, I get the feeling that's just legitimately his personality. Um, I thought there was something really beautiful about that. Um, So anyway, I, I, that's, that's us kind of encouraging everybody. I would not go out and start promoting Todd White, just like the brothers in Christ um, in the church. They, would, they were not going to send, they were not going to commission Paul right off as, as another apostle without mm-hmm. fully understanding, knowing, yes, he's teaching all the same things that we're teaching. Um, so supporting him as a teacher is very different than supporting him on his journey. And this is where I think that we can learn a lot from uh, this kind of conversion. It's like, yeah, we do, we do need to have, um, I'll say caution versus skepticism. I think it's healthy mm-hmm. to have caution to say, Hey, let's see, um, if the fruit is there right. versus skepticism where you're just kind of waiting for someone to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I kind of learned from this is I was really actually humbled by this because I realized, man, the Lord is using him in this radical way, even though, it's like, I think he had some things that were right, you know, the past 16 years that he's been preaching. Like I even watch clips from, from before this big conversion. I'm like, ah, I can still see that those nuggets of the gospel that had just not, not strong theology weaved in there. But man, the Lord can use us. Even if we, we, we could have something that we're totally off on right now. I, I would hope that the mama bear um, audience would allow us to, go back on something we say in the future and say, Hey, we, we, we taught this on a podcast. That was the, to the best of our knowledge, the Lord has really convicted us. And here's some new information and, mm-hmm. um, allow us to grow. It's like, sometimes we don't need to be going into ministry if we're not mature enough to be in ministry and have a pretty good grasp on things. But at the same time, and this is where chew and spit comes from. We need to allow people the grace to grow. 
and the, mm-hmm. for, the grace for God to use them. And it should encourage us for any of the, the moms out there who think, oh, golly, I, I just, I don't know any theology. Man, this guy was preaching just the wrong gospel for a really long time, and the Lord is still using him. So uh, I think he uses a heart that is passionate about him and desires. And even if it, he takes his sweet time getting him where he needs to be, he's still going to use it. And I think we can have that grace on ourselves. And I think we can have that grace on each other, you know, while we lovingly, you know, rebuke them and correct them, but still have that grace to allow them to learn and to grow and to change. Yeah. I think that's just a healthier mindset is keep them in your prayers. Keep, Mm -hmm. um, keep lifting him up so that he not only gets the right resources, but the right folks put into him and, you know, be in prayer for him to make the right ministry moves too. Because, you know, if, if God wants him to step back, uh, step down from this position for a little bit so that he can refocus and, uh, and get the education that he needs so that he's able to give a true and full gospel message, then, Mm -hmm. you know, that that's what we need to be doing is lifting him Mm -hmm. up in that. So it's, um, it's, yeah, it, it is, kind of that blend of grace, but also caution and accountability, mm-hmm. because that's what we're called to do. We're called to hold each other accountable mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's important. And one of the, one of the main topics, oh, I'm sorry, were you wanting to tack something in? Yeah, I did. I, I wanted to say one of the things that I, I have just been so convicted of just for years, I mean, probably since uh, college, I think, is how God uses our personality and our leanings to reach different demographics. So there Mm -hmm. is a demographic, and this is one of the reasons I think we really need to keep him in prayer and asking the Lord, bring him solid mentors. And I think Kosti Hen, for anyone who knows Kosti Hen, he was the the nephew of Benny Hen, who Mm. saw all that that health and wealth stuff that was like the legitimate, you know, staying in hundred or 10,000 a night, you know, hotel rooms and stuff like that, that has kind of converted to the true gospel. Um, that I think Kosti Hen had a really large hand in what's going on with um, with Todd White. And the thing that we need to realize that we need to pray for him for is that he will have a reach that not no apologist will, because he can all he can come from the perspective of someone who is um, elevating the supernatural and who is um, acknowledging the supernatural within the gospel, which I think sometimes apologists kind of shy away from. And I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's right either. Um, we don't want to put it on the pedestal and make it the main thing, but we can't ignore it. And so it's like, you see these different parts of the body. Um, so if we could get someone with a following like Todd white, who then is discipling him into a more balanced perspective, man, he could reach so many people that a lot of us never could. And so I think that is a, a, a reason in itself to really keep him in prayer. Um, is I just see so much good that the Lord could do for the kingdom through him. Ah, so much good. Um, yeah. So yeah, again, but don't recommend him as a teacher yet. Let's, let's let time, um, but we need to stand by him, encouraging him. And I'm probably going to do that. Probably. I I mean, I doubt he'll ever read any of my things. I would like to publicly encourage him on Twitter and on whatever, whatever social media, just to say, Hey, we're, we're rooting for you. And, um, and, uh, we're excited to see what the Lord's doing in your life and just kind of leave it at that. Not having this, you know, don't screw it up now. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One theme that, that really stuck out to both of us as we were watching these videos is what, what kind of tripped him up is realizing how important it is to not only talk about um, sin, but also the presence of trials and tribulations within mm. spiritual life. Yes. And we, we have seen this within ministry, especially with kids, mm-hmm. um, because it's, 
there was a blog post that came out not too long ago. Oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on her name. Uh, what's our other female apologist friend who's who's awesome with uh, kids? Christian Bomb Thoughts. Oh, Natasha Crane. Natasha Crane. I was like, you. it's either Natasha or Elizabeth. So. Yes, yes. Uh, no, um, and she did a great one about how the church is raising up basically secular humanists. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing the church has also been contributing to is kind of this moralistic therapeutic deism. It's okay, all you- let's unpack that word. So moralistic therapeutic. Therapeutic deism. Deism, right. So you got moralistic, you need to be good, we're all good people, which is kind of, you know, it can slip into humanism a bit, because humanism just believes in the innate goodness of humanity. Yeah. And so moralistic is you're supposed to be good, right? We are. God's here to make you a better person. Right. Therapeutic, you're going to feel good about it. You know? Oh, yeah. You're good. Oh, it's going to feel great. Now, the deism, yes, the deism thing, I don't quite think fits this uh, situation perfectly. Deism is the belief that God sort of got everything going within the universe and then he just stepped back. And now it's just, yeah, it's running. So I don't see this as a therapeutic deism, so to speak, mm-hmm. because uh, when people buy into this, oh, well, I'm supposed to be happy, that sort of thing, they get very upset when they're not that way or when God doesn't meet them. So they actually expect him to be there. So I, I kind more of, of... Moralistic therapeutic salvation is maybe what he was preaching. Yeah. And, and that could very well be the thing that maybe the Lord brought him through a season of deep depression. I have known pastors uh he's very vocal with it tommy tommy nelson from mm-hmm. um denton bible church um he used to teach like 30 times a week i am not kidding like it was Jeez. insane the schedule he cut co- he kept and i think he basically he trashed his adrenals and went <sighs> into a really deep depression and on two separate occasions he has tried to go off his depression medicine mm-hmm. <laughs> it did not go well um, and so he, and every time it's like, he'll have to take six weeks off, kind of get himself stable again. And then he'll come back to the, the last time I was actually there for it, um, was at my parents' church and he told his church, I will never do this again. This is the mm. thing that the Lord's using to keep me humble. And I, mm. I will say the same thing. The Lord uses trials and tribulations and embarrassments. The Lord uses embarrassments in my life to keep me humble. Sometimes to remind me who the brains are <laughs> behind yeah. this operation, like every now and then, every now and then I'll give an interview where the entire time I'm like, what am I saying? What am I saying? I have no idea what I'm saying, but my mouth is moving. And it's like those times the Lord's like, see, I'm the brains behind this. And I'm like, you're the brains. I love you. Please don't take your presence from me again. That's, you know, and I don't like crash and burn, but this is actually a specific prayer that I pray that I ask the Lord to humble me without publicly humiliating me, mm. um, which I think is a prayer that everybody should pray. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think that that is what Todd White went through. So I think it would be interesting if, if you're, um, I, I would, I, first off, I would recommend watching American gospel with your kids. There's a, there's a follow-up to it that I'm not, I, I couldn't make it all the way through. I, and, it had a little bit more of a perspective that I didn't think might've, I didn't think was as healthy and went a little too far, but the first one, American gospel, I recommend watching it with your kids. And especially if you have older kids, because Todd White is heavily featured in that. And you can kind of see where he was coming from before. Although I think they attribute um, motives to him that I don't necessarily think he had. I suspect, and maybe I'm seeing him through rose colored glasses that he learned a lot of the techniques that he did from other teachers saying, Oh, this is how you do it. And so mm-hmm. he didn't realize that this was a huckster thing that he was just like, Oh, this is how I was taught to do it. I can't verify that, but that's my, my that's my suspicion. Um, but, and then go and listen to the sermon. Um, it, the title of the sermon again is God's heart for humanity. 
and then talk to them. He, uh, even though we don't know exactly what trials and tribulations he went through, um, that is what caused this change. And how can we rejoice in trials and tribulations, especially when it comes into our life? Um, yeah. In fact, no, I, oh, sorry. Go. Oh, no, I, I was going to say, I, I think that's great too. And it's also whether you got little ones or, or older children as well. I think it's very important um, for kids to understand that uh, being a Christian, it, it isn't, um, it isn't like self-helpism. It isn't something mm-hmm. that you're supposed to plug in this algorithm and it works. You know, it's, yeah. it's the sort of thing. Like it's not supposed to lead to, uh, you know, the health, wealth, and prosperity mm-hmm. that you often see. Um, I kind of jokingly told Hillary this, that it's, it's kind of this moralistic therapeutic genieism. Like we expect, <laughs> okay, if we do these right things, yeah. And because God loves me, he's going to give me X, Y, and Z. My marriage is going to mm-hmm. work out. I'm never going to struggle in school. I'm not going to have troubles with bullying, that sort of thing. And it's mm-hmm. very easy for kids to buy into this because mm-hmm. logically it kind of makes sense. If God loves me, he's going to give me this. He loves me. Therefore, I'm yeah. going to get these things. Yeah. And so help talking that over with your kiddos and mm-hmm. sort of listening to what they're saying, especially when they're going through times of struggle, like, well, I don't understand why God um, is allowing me to experience this or I was doing all the right things. That's a big key one is if your kids start saying, well, I was doing all of the right things. Ah, that's kind of pointing to that. They bought into this Mm -hmm. idea that God is kind of like a genie. If I just do the right things, he's going to give me these. And no, 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 that's not what the Christian walk is. We believe it because it's true, not because it gives us some earthly benefit. And so it just opens the doors um, for these older kids because, you know, as they get out of the house, they're going to experience these trials. Mm -hmm. They're going to see them on the news. You know, they need to understand that Christianity is true regardless of what you go through. Yeah. And I would say that there's a really good blog post by Clay Jones and we'll, we'll end with this. Um, the, I can't remember what the exact title was, but it was after Nabil Qureshi passed away. Mm. Um, and it was basically, you know, Christians, you are not safe. If we're coming yeah. to God because we think he's going to make us safe all the time. Um, that's also a bait and switch. Ask, ask any yeah. of the first century, first, second and third century Christians of coming to mm-hmm. Christ made them more safe. And I know that's something as parents that we, we have a hard time with because we want to think, oh, when we, we have Christ, we'll be safe. That's, that's not guaranteed either. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we don't need to scare our children with this. But again, we need to show them the purpose behind yeah. trials, tribulations, um, sometimes even blowing it big time, how it can humble us. Um, and maybe see someone in real time say, hey, look at what he was preaching before. Now listen to this sermon. Can you see the difference between these? Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, especially with the older kids. And then just say, this is what the Lord can do through trials and tribulations. Yeah. And in, in, that, in that sense, it's like, um, I can't remember where it is, where it says, I, um, you know, to give thanks in all things. And, you know, I praise God for, um, of course, I'm blanking on scripture on this. Um, I believe it's in Philippians where he, he basically praises God for trials and tribulations because knowing yeah. that they develop perseverance and um, yeah. godliness. So. Uh, so anyway, that's our that's our talk about uh, Todd White and the importance of trials and tribulations. Again, just as a review, we went over just kind of who Todd White was, kind of what he was preaching before, who some of the people he associated with were before. So why his recent sermon was so surprising <laughs> from based on the background that he had, um, what we should expect from him from here on out. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mike. 
Your kids this are like, are you done yet? This is Mama Bear Apologetics in action. Yeah, I just had my littlest one come in. Like, can I have a snack? Away, <laughs> mommy's podcasting. <laughs> well, now we have videos, so you're like, you're gonna be on this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, uh, how sh- what we should expect from here on out? We shouldn't expect him to have perfect theology, but neither should we be waiting for him to just screw up. We should know it's gonna go back and forth, and it's gonna be a process. But we can have. I think we can't have confidence that this man was hearing from the Lord because the level of conviction that he had, I mean, praise God that he's listening. You know, he's really listening right now. And I think the enemy is going to want to come in and steal that, but we just have to, that's where we bank on the faithfulness of God. And then finally, what can we learn um, from his experience? Basically how to have grace on ourselves when we're not perfect, how to grab grace on other people when they're not perfect. And, um, the importance of trials and tribulations. So those are all, all, all good discussion points with the kiddos. So uh, normally we end by praying over the mama bears. I would like for us both, I would like to, us to take turns and end this podcast, video cast, praying over Todd White. And so Absolutely. do you want to start and I'll close? Sure, I'll start. Okay. Father, we thank you for your grace in our lives. We thank you that you forgive so much of, of what we are. We make so many mistakes, Father, and you're so ready to forgive a truly contrite heart. And Father, we want to lift up Todd White in this. Is We pray that, that him seeking after you um, is not only sincere, but that you will transform him, Father. He does have a great influence over so many people and the fact that you can lift him up and he, and he, and humble him so much that he is willing to stand before his entire congregation and confess that he has led folks astray, that he has messed up, that he has gotten things wrong is incredible. Um, because just not many people would do that, especially in such a, a vulnerable way. We pray for true transformation, Lord. I pray for you to put people in his life who have more teaching, who have this balance of understanding, not only your power and your ability to work, but also of your truth as well, that he is able to come to know you better and that you will encourage him so that he's able to get out and speak truth. Father, um, I pray that you will give him endurance because he's going to be going through some birth pains. There are people who have bought into that false gospel that he had been preaching and they're going to want to keep hearing it. And so they will leave and there's going to be struggles and tensions within the church because now this, this leader that they had been following admits that he'd been doing some things wrong and that that can rock people, especially if they've been putting their faith in, in him more than they have in you, Lord. So I pray for renewal for the entire church, that they are able to take his confession with grace, that they will be able to encourage him, Father, but that they too will be motivated to draw closer to you so that they know what your word says and that they're not carried off by emotion, but instead can channel those emotions to properly preach your word and to minister to those around. Father God, I just pray for Todd right now, Lord. And I just know that he's, he's getting hit from both sides, Lord. He has some people cheering him on and he has some people from his own camp leaving. And then he has some people from the, from the side that he apparently kind of, that, that have, that understand the gospel that are being graceless with him, Lord. And, and I pray that you would convict those that are being graceless with him. Um, that this is a brother in Christ that we need to encourage. Um, again, Lord, that it's, it's okay to be cautious and in, in watching what the fruit of his teaching is from here on out. But at the same time, Lord, I, you know, even though I can't prove it, I have seen your love in him, God. And I just pray that you would surround him 
with godly counsel. I pray that he would have the wisdom to see who was maybe giving him counsel in the past that was steering him down a wrong direction. And that he would, uh, and, and when you have a personal relationship with someone like that, Lord, it's a lot harder to just cut them off and say, I'm not going to have that relationship anymore. So Lord, I pray that you would, you would uh, lovingly either um, help him end those relationships or that you would allow him to be an instrument in other people's lives. Um, I pray that he would have the boldness to unify around the truths of the gospel and divide over the things that are false teachings on and that you would provide just people that are encouraging him in this journey, Lord. Um, I just want to say thank you for Kosti Hin, Lord, for all the, the good that I think that he's, he's done in this situation. And I pray that uh, you would really knit them together as brothers and that he can be someone who has come out of the same kind of health and wealth and prosperity, even though I know that's not technically what Todd preached, but that's kind of the camp he was lumped into. I pray that you would just knit their hearts together and that we would see... Um, what I believe is the beginning of a really powerful ministry, Lord. Um, I thank you, Lord, that we can have grace on ourselves for when we're not always going to say the right thing or do the right thing, or we've misunderstood something, Lord. And I thank you that you work with us in your time um, and that your, your time is perfect and there is grace for when we blow it, Lord. I just, I just praise you, Lord, for the ability to, that, that is the purpose of grace, Lord, is to be able to blow it and get back up, Lord. It's shame and condemnation that makes you want to stop trying. It's grace that says, okay, I can do this. I can, I, let, let's try again, Lord. And just like um, as parents, we are just delighted when we see the efforts of our children. You are delighted when you see us trying to follow you, Lord. And even if we fall, um, you are still delighted in the fact that we're seeking, that we're seeking you, Lord. So I pray that you would, um, I pray that you would protect Todd from, I, I just keep getting the picture of the, the, the different types of soils and just the, the birds coming and trying to take away the true seeds, Lord. I pray that you would put protection around him to prevent the enemy from trying to steal what he has just learned, God, and that, uh, yeah, he would just continue in knowledge and depth of insight as he seeks to understand scriptures more. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Sorry, I had to mute it because kids were starting to bicker in the other room. <laughs> This has been a Mama Bear Apologetics recording. To learn more about Mama Bear Apologetics, please visit us on the web at www.mamabearapologetics.com. We hope you learned a little more about how to sift through ideas, accept the good, reject the bad, and now you can go teach your kids to do the same. Do you have any questions or maybe some ideas about future podcast episodes? Send us an email to askthemamabears at gmail.com and we'll do our best. Rise up, ladies. Rise up, mama bears. We are all in this together.